In this podcast episode, we want to introduce you to our BCEN friend, Sarah McClelland. We are going to follow a little different format in this Halloween special episode. Listen as Michael Dexter and Mark Eggers talk with Sarah about Charity Hospital in New Orleans as she shares her own stories and stories of other nurses. Of course, we still have the rapid fire questions, but Halloween is the main flavor of this podcast night. This episode is called Frights and Delights. It's Halloween. Hello, and welcome to BCN and Friends Podcast, where we hold interesting conversations about learning with a range of thought leaders, BCN certification holders, and industry professionals. But most importantly, to create value and insight for you, our professional nurses across the emergency spectrum. We hope you find our discussions interesting, informative, sometimes funny, sometimes serious, but always valuable. I'm Mark Eggers, Education Technology Services Manager. I'm joined today by my co-host, Michael Dexter, Director of Professional Development at BCEN. Hi, Michael. Hey, Mark. Great to be with you. In this episode of BCEN Friends, we have Sarah McClellan. Michael, could you tell us about our friend, BCN friend, Sarah? Yeah, absolutely. Sarah is a good friend of mine. I've known for several years now. She's been a nurse for 22 years. She started on a trauma surgery floor at the very well-known Charity Hospital in New Orleans, and then moved to the ED to begin her journey in emergency nursing. After four years at Charity, she decided to travel and did so for four years at various hospitals around the country, including level one trauma centers in New York, Los Angeles, Miami, and San Diego, to name a few. She returned to New Orleans in 2008 and served in many leadership roles at her current facility, where she is now working as a clinical educator for the emergency department. Needless to say, she has certainly dealt with her share of unique and interesting patient encounters over the years. She currently serves as chair of the Louisiana Emergency Nursing Association Education Committee, is an item writer for the CEN practice exam, and hosts online certification Jeopardy games to encourage engagement and certification within her state. Sarah has been recognized as Nurse Educator of the Year by the Louisiana ENA in 2016, Mentor of the Year by her home facility, and is a recipient of the DAISY Award. She holds a master's degree and two bachelor degrees, with one being her BSN, and has achieved certifications for CEN, TCRN, CPEN, and is a SANE A, adult SANE nurse. So Sarah, welcome. It's good to have you with us today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So for our listening audience, today's podcast is going to have a little different format. We talked with Sarah a few months ago, and somehow we got on the subject of stories that nurses have told that have been strange, spooky, weird, and just plain haunting. So we thought, why not a Halloween podcast or creepy nurse stories? Welcome to Frights and Delights. It's Halloween. Yeah. So Sarah... Why don't we start out, before we get into some of the stories, why don't we just start out a little bit more talking about Charity Hospital. Charity Hospital is uh, very well known. Um, there was a hospital that many, many physicians, many nurses were trained at for a number of years. And then it's uh, since um, Hurricane Katrina has now no longer become a hospital. Sure. So why don't you tell us a little bit more about Charity Hospital and, and your experience there? 
um, it was um, an amazing experience and I feel very honored that I was able to um, start my career there. Um, I was completely um, humbled by the opportunity, um, very respectful of that. It was an institution, a, a complete institution. And so if you got to train there, you're extremely lucky. And I was surrounded by phenomenal um, coworkers and mentors and preceptors that got me where, you know, where um, I am today. So it was, um, uh, I wouldn't trade it for the world. And I feel very lucky that I was able to, you know, have that as part of my journey. Um, just the hospital in general, it is an old, old building. Um, I guess I should have looked up when it was actually built, but it's extremely old. Um, it is still standing. It is a historical um, building, so they are trying to restore it currently. Um, I'm not sure to what, but um, I started out, like you said, on the trauma surgery floor. And um, but when you walked in immediately, there was this through the front doors. There was um, like you walked into this big rotunda. It was like two stories higher. It seems that way to me. You know, when you're a little kid, everything seems bigger, but it was just this massive rotunda. And there was these huge pictures of the the, the nuns because the nuns of charity are what started started that um, organization and that institution and these massive oil paintings. And they were the, they had the flying nun hats on. And um, late at night when you, there was a little place you got to go get your, your grilled cheese or whatever to grill outside. Um, it was just kind of, I don't know, I swear is that, you know, the oil paintings that they have in the museums or in those old houses that it seems like the eyeballs like follow you <laughs> when you, when yeah. you walk somewhere. Yeah. I always felt like that. I was like, oh, goodness. But um, on the floor where I worked, um, again, it was just an older facility. There was, you know, the tiled floors. The walls were actually um, like ceramic tile um, through halfway up. So there was just, just a, a lot, lot of echoes and things like that. And one of the things, um, I think we had mentioned it before when I was going back up to, you know, my ward um, to after my lunch, um, I got off the elevator and it was like a long haul, but it seemed much longer because it was so scary. It looked like it kind of narrowed at the end, which was totally not true, but that's how I felt. Um, and um, there was a fluorescent light like flickering with that buzzy sound. And there was um, water dripping somewhere that was echoing like that creepy, like, I'm not gonna do it with my anchor, but the, the dropping noise of water, yes. The dropping noise of water. And then there was, um, they had wooden wheelchairs, very high backed that had like metal wheels. And they looked like something out of like a psych board, but that's not where I was. But um, I just remember the light flickering, the wheelchair was kind of a skew in the hallway under that flickering light. And the there was echoes everywhere with that water dripping and almost, um, I wanted to like run, just run past it and get to my, um, <laughs> and get to my ward but um it just kind of you know as a young nurse and being totally just brand new on the job I was I was like this is creepy <laughs> and I was happy to get into my little safe space so when I got past it but yeah yeah that's, that's kind of uh... just how the hospital was it was just old and echoey you know and it was just things that happened but there's just you know between the paintings and the stories and the history and everything it was just something to definitely you know be in awe of and be super respectful of and be scared of all the same time so it sounds like an interesting place uh, tell yeah. us about the name of the cafeteria oh <laughs> it wasn't the official name but um it was called the fistula it was a um a building out front where i had gone to get my grilled cheese and it was open you had to go in one end and go out the other so it's open on both ends and it never closed so that's what they called that why they called it the fistula <laughs> And I had so many grilled cheese from there that um, uh, 
Oh, Miss Rhonda, she used so much butter, it would just drip. But yeah, everybody went there to the fistula to get their get their um, meal in the middle of the night. And that was when uh, she was, I think you told me last time, she would sit there with a cigarette hanging out of her mouth and fixing your fish. It would be an ash at least an inch long. And you're like, please don't follow my grilled cheese. Please don't follow my grilled cheese. And it never did. She was, <laughs> I don't know how she worked it not to, but yeah, it would just, you know, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. That's, that's it's just those good memories that I have that are just, they're funny. And like I said, I feel, I feel very fortunate to have them because it's, you know, it's not there anymore. And um you know, I just, I feel so lucky. It's fun. Yeah, th that's, that's really neat. And I think a lot of people, I, I've worked with some physicians in the past that had, um, that did their residency at charity and told me some similar stories. And every mm -hmm. time I hear stories about that, it just, it makes me laugh. It's just such a unique place, such an interesting, interesting uh, place for people to, to learn for patients that we're taking care of. Again, the, the wooden wheelchairs with the high backs and these things that you hear about, or you may have seen pictures of, but it seems like all of that, all of the things that you may have heard about in the past, it's like, they all happened at one hospital at charity hospital. And that's yeah. it's very interesting that you were able to be a part of that. Yeah. And they had the theaters too, where the, the surgery would sometimes be going on down in the pit if you will but the almost like the coliseum sitting around it um and um they are in the middle of in the process of redoing it and they were actually selling parts of uh the historical society as a, as a heavy hand in it and making sure it's done appropriately and the, the company that's doing it um they were actually you know to help make money for the foundation some of the nurses stations were made of marble and so they were chopping the marble off you know they would set it unless you purchased it like people use them for like cheese boards and stuff if you worked on a certain unit they would try to get it off of that unit but they were room four was the famous trauma room that was in in in, in the emergency department um it was iconic and it was just like a big room with two sides split down the middle with a a wall that had the monitors and stuff on it but they were selling tiles off of the wall from room four just like little four by four six by six maybe um tiles um and i went and bought one and it was really cool and um uh, I was able to get a quick glimpse into the facility. Um, the guy that was there, um, remember me, he was a paramedic that was kind of running the stuff and he just gave a very, you know, brief show around and it was really neat. Um, we went down into the hyperbaric chamber. Um, that's where a lot of it started. We had one of our physicians that was one of the pioneers in hyperbaric treatment. And um, um, now I don't know what they look like, but this looked like um, these tanks, you know, the old scuba divers, it's the round, helmet with the kind of the lattice work mesh over the front of the the hole that's what those tanks looked like like submarine type stuff where they were doing hyperbarics back in before I was there probably before I was born like old school original stuff when it was started so just having a glimpse of that was really you know just really cool to see and um and it was really weird when I was walking through there um you could just feel it I don't know how to explain it there was no nothing crazy there wasn't any ghosts or anything like that but you could just get a sense of just the the history of the place just it was a physical feeling just from being inside the building so it was really it was really a good experience I got to go see the old room four and all the areas that I had worked um there as a young nurse it, they didn't look the same because they didn't have patients or anything you know in them or the some of the structures had been altered or taken down but um it was a a, a cool opportunity to see but I just I had a very I was very aware that I, that I could just feel it I can't explain it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but 
but it was just you know i don't know it was awesome so did yeah. the hair on the back of your neck ever go up occasionally when you were new no. no um that night in the hall when it was yeah. tripping when i was coming back from the fistula yes yeah i felt like i needed to like kind of get like go like this get a get a start and then just like run past the wheelchair and under the flickering light and everything but um i was actually nervous for a second um so yes the hair back on my neck stood up then you know also but once i got more comfortable with the building it's almost like you are comfortable with that feeling of you know just the feeling that existed inside of it for our listeners that don't know what cherry hospital is where it is anything like, like that can you tell us just briefly where it's located and what happened to it sure so charity hospital um is located in downtown new orleans um you know the the it's it's this amazing amazing building um if anybody's familiar with los angeles county hospital it almost looks exactly the same same type of architecture and like cement on the outside um and uh it uh i don't know how many stories it 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 had but it had tunnels under the streets that went next door to the med school um uh, just, just a phenomenal, huge building. Um, and, uh, I remember when I was going to leave in a travel nurse, I didn't want to leave. And the last thing they said, like, this place isn't going anywhere. You go do your thing and you can always come back. And while I was gone, um, Hurricane Katrina hit and it completely just devastated the city of New Orleans. So there is a, there's a documentary about it called the spirit of charity. I don't know if it's, you know, for people to get to watch it. Um, I don't know if it's, on Netflix, I don't know where it is, but um, when that came out, some um, like researchers and um, it was really well done, very respectfully done and very, um, it was good. And if you worked there, um, you could send your name in and they would confirm that. And so there's a theater on Canal Street called the Joy Theater. And so if you had been verified that you worked there, you could go to the, the premiere viewing of this um big charity i think it was called of the movie that was done and so it was really cool to be in there and watch it with people that i hadn't seen in years and some i didn't know but we were all there and everybody remembered charity had a piece of it in their heart and it was just very emotional watching um you know because was some pre pre-film that i guess they got from somewhere but the post film and the disaster and just the things that the, the, the that the staff and the patients went through um after katrina is just is just very emotional but um, it is, is a good story and tells a good history of, of, of the, um, it's, it was an institution. I don't know what else to say. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's neat. You've done a lot of things. You've traveled around, you've been to some, some big areas. You've worked in some, some uh, hospitals, different hospitals around the country. You've worked in places like Miami, LA, New York, of course, New Orleans. Have you ever had any situation at any of the places you've worked where you've been, uh, just had some some weird, crazy feelings with a morgue or with a patient or anything like that. There was one time we went to um, at one of the facilities I worked at to the morgue and um, nurse I was with went to, you know, walk out, I guess, just go move the, the stretcher that we had. And um, the door closed on me. And it's like a refrigerator door with a seal, a very heavy seal. And I could not get out. There was no, no handle from the inside, which I think maybe they should look at that in case something happens to somebody else <laughs> but I was banging on the door I mean I knew he would realize I wasn't with him at some point but I'm like get me out so um yeah I had to be let out of there and it was just 
because it's pitch black you really can't see in yeah, front of your yeah, face it's and like, i was like just... get me out of here so yes and for those brief seconds it felt like eternity i don't know what i thought was going to happen but i did not want to be in there you know i was like what what did i think was going to happen nobody's going to get me i'm in here but it was just weird and i wanted out <laughs> yeah Definitely. Well, we're talking about Halloween and we're talking about some of the, the uh, frights and delights of Halloween. And um, for, for me, it seems like, and I, and I don't want to, this to come across the wrong way, but we, we have situations sometimes in the ER that and it's definitely a, a time to be serious and a time to be with the family. And unfortunately, it seems like that happens frequently on Halloween, mm-hmm. <laughs> at least in my experience. <laughs> And there's um, different nurses there that are dressed up as some, you know, superhero or something. And it's hard to like go out and tell the family, sorry, I look like Mickey Mouse right now. But um, (laughs) (laughs) have have you had similar situations where you work? Yes, all of the, I actually had one the other, actually the other day we had, um, um, because it's ER Nurses Week. um, And we had different days at our facility that we could wear, you know, certain things. And one was superhero day. So I don't know if you remember the, the, the Lena event where Holly and I did the superheroes. So I had on a t-shirt that was a superwoman that had like abs drawn on it. So it made me like look very thin illusion, of course, and a cape Velcro cape, there was family around. And I just, I wasn't a part of the care, but I was out there kind of helping with some other stuff. And I did have, you know, I did take pause and here I am walking around in a superwoman cape with fake abs and a, you know, and this cape flying behind me. So yeah, it is challenging because I mean, you, you, you do these things in the ER and it's not that we're desensitized, but I feel like some of this stuff we happen, is just part of our day. doesn't mean it doesn't affect us. It doesn't mean we don't care, but you know, we just have to move along. We can't let that stuff stop us. And so it's like, well, off, you know, off we went and with my cape, <laughs> you know, Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but I see what you're saying, you know, we're just, we're, you know, celebrate and we're doing something, you know, some sort of an you know, employee engagement type of stuff. And then these things, bad things happen all around us and you try to be serious. But like you said, hi, I realize I look like Superwoman right now, but is there anything I can get you? Yeah, right. <laughs> right. Right. Do you have any other stories that you wanted to share with us about just some of the funny or, or uh, unique or even frightening things that have happened to you over the years? There's lots of, I mean, like funny random stories, but we have um, all kinds of festivals down here in New Orleans. And there was one, um, it was called Buku Fest. Um, And then we also have a Voodoo Fest. And um, so it's always, you know, it's a tourist town. I guess it attracts all kinds of people. Um, Not lately, you know, in the last two years, it's been very dormant. So when it does open back up, it's probably going to be, I don't know, a mad rush. But um, we had this... um, I don't know, some of those, you know, like a lot of the alternative bands and stuff. And there was a lot of substance abuse going on. And these two girls came in and I think they had done Molly or PCP or something, but they were in a complete like dissociated state and they were covered in glow paint from head to toe and glow paint just splattered all over them, all over their face and their hair. And um, one was sitting Indian style on her stretcher barking like a dog. And the other one was just in there, like waving her arms around, playing with something in the air. But we could turn the lights out and um, and see them because we could see them perfectly, actually, you know, fine with the lights out. And her friend continued to sit there and bark like a dog. So uh, any other stories that you have that um, 
that anybody has shared with you or anything that you've heard from others while uh, we've been talking about this that you wanted to share with the listeners? Yeah, I did. I did reach out when I knew we were doing this to some of, um, you know, there's uh, some people that I, you know, still keep in touch with. And there is like a a group that I I reached out to and I said, you know, um, I'm, you know, I'm looking, I'm excited to be a part of this. And I just asked some people for a couple of stories um, that used to work at charity. I don't know the people, I know one of them, but they were able to give me some stuff that they, they had experienced over the years and they've been there much longer than I had. Um, one of them was one of our respiratory therapists and this is the text that she sent me. She said, I got off the elevator on the seventh floor heading to the old CT scanner while I was on a 16 hour shift. It was around 10 o'clock at night, so no one was around. The hall was completely empty. As I rounded the corner to head to CT, I was pushed at my shoulder as though someone had bumped into me and I completely freaked out. I ran back to the elevator, pressing the button as fast as I could to get the door to open and went back to the respiratory department to get someone to go back up with me. However, I love it now knowing that one of those sweet souls picked me to let me know they were there. So it's kind of scary. I mean, I would have been terrified, absolutely terrified. But when, you know, when you have time to reflect on it, you know, it's just the, the spirits that are there, you know, that the nuns created, who knows? You know, says that cool story. And then um, another one responded. She was an OR nurse and she said they had one in particular. Um, He always showed up um, at night and he would, he loved to move the bed, the sitting stools, turn on the water and the scrub sink. He had lots of tricks. So (laughs) those are just a couple of the, of the charity stories that were, you know, relayed to me when I asked for them. So I'm sure there's many, many more. I just don't have access to the people that know to tell them. So, yeah. Well, those are, those are really interesting. Yeah. Thank you. I believe, I absolutely believe them. Cause like I said, it was just a feeling you weren't scared. You didn't feel threatened. It didn't feel creepy. It was just this, I mean, it's called the spirit of charity. And so it's, it was just a really cool thing to I understand that feeling, but I didn't, you know, I didn't have anyone push me on my shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> How long I'm going to say yeah. Well, those are really neat. Mark, did you have anything for Sarah? And I appreciate you taking the time and telling us about all that. It's just a, a, things that go bump in the night, I guess. You know? Yeah, it was just the whole, you know, especially starting my career there on night shift. I worked 11P to 7A. So I, w- I went in very close to midnight and it was just, I don't know. It was, it was an institution. It was, it was just, you were in awe. I knew nothing different. It was my first job. So, um, you know, they had the old, it was the ward setting. Um, so it was, you know, eight patients and they had the beds where, um, the three cranks at the foot of the bed and they were like, nurse, I want my head up. So I'd have to get down there and literally pull out the one for the head and crank it up until they were in the right spot. But yeah, it was a, it was a great learning experience. And, um, uh, I would love to, you know, hear more of the stories than I do know, but, um, I still feel very thankful that I was able to, you know, get the experience I did and have, have an understanding of this, the reverence of that place. So it was really cool. As I said, we're not following the same format we usually do, but we do have a few questions that we'll ask you. We got what's called rapid fire questions. And one of them is, uh, you know, if you weren't doing what you were doing now, what would you do? What would you do? What would something else you do if you weren't doing what you're doing today? I would be a veterinarian, hands down. <laughs> Neat. That's very cool. Well, and I think you said that you also volunteer at a, at a shelter. I do. I volunteer at one of our local animal shelters on Friday nights. I started out there on the med team, which is basically like uh, just passing, you know, certain animals are on thyroid medicine or heartworm treatment. I would just dole out medicines like you were on a, you know, I was a med surge nurse on the floor, just passing meds. Um, And um, once COVID hit, they kind of stopped 
limiting people going inside the shelter, um, which is fine. Um, so now I just go and walk dogs for a few hours every night because they do do a good job of getting the dogs out and getting them good walks at least two or three times a day. Do you have any Halloween animal stories? Halloween animal stories. Oh, I'm trying to think. Do I? No, other than just dressing my dogs up for, okay. for pictures. And I was going to ask you, any... do you have animals? I do. I do. <laughs> I have three um, geriatric ones. Um, I have a little dachshund named Frankie. She's 16. We have a little chihuahua named, I've had her since a puppy. We've had that Toby that we rescued. He's 15. And then Ginger Pie is actually from the animal shelter I volunteer at. She's 18. Cool. And then we have, um, uh, I have a cat named Conway Kitty. <laughs> Kitty, I like it. I like it. And um, well, I won't, if I ever get another cat, my dad was like, "You have to name it Catsy Klein. You cannot go." I'm like, "That's a great idea," but I'm yeah. not getting anybody else anytime soon. <laughs> so yeah, I have a few. So I don't. I'll, my dachshund's the only one that I sought out. All the rest of them kind of needed somebody, and I'm a sucker. So what's, what's your dachshund's name? Her name is Frankie. And she actually got her as a puppy um, back in 2004. So she traveled nurse with me. She flew on planes. She drew, drove across country. She's been lived in all these places. Neat. So, Very yeah. cool. Yeah. So another rapid fire question. This one of a few different favorites. Uh, what's your favorite uh, book? My favorite book? Um, I don't guess I necessarily have a favorite book, like a singular book, but um I um, love the the forensic murder mystery books. Um, of course, John Grisham is a favorite author of mine, so I read all of his stuff. But um, when I was living in New York, I, I had to work in the, they put me in the psych area, and this was before cell phones, there were no cell phones, and I was just bored. And I found this book, a paperback book in a drawer. And I was like, I don't wanna read this book. But after about four hours, I'm like, I'm gonna read this book. <laughs> And it was Dan Brown. It was actually the prequel to that Tom Hanks movie, Angels and Demons. It was the prequel to it. I can't remember what it was called. It was the very first one. And it, it talked a lot of it. The first like two chapters were nothing but factual, completely factual um, chapters on like Catholicism and things like that. And I was just like, it was like, I'm going to read this because I literally have nothing else to do. But what happened was I, um, or maybe it was anyway, as soon as I finished the book, that next one came out with a movie. So it was really cool to kind of, I jumped on the prequels and everything. And then I remember my sister-in-law was getting married, um, in, in April and it, her wedding day was the day that the, the Pope passed away and they're Catholic. And so it was on the screen and it was showing like the, the, the smoke coming out of the top of the, the cathedral and like what does that mean i'm like well that means the cardinals have gone in to see to vote on who's going to be the next person and she's like why do you know that i'm like well i read this paperback book when i was trapped in a in a unit that i couldn't leave in new york and it just kind of spiraled from there so i actually kind of got a little bit out of that but i like the you know the just the serial killer mystery series um john grisham of course but there's a lot of different authors that I like to read. Patricia Cornwell, I really like her books because she's um, um, a coroner, like, and does all the autopsies and stuff. So, just one hand, you'd think I'd get away from it, but I really like that kind of stuff. So that's good. How about a favorite movie? A favorite movie um, would have to be 
I don't know. I love uh, the the tie would have to be Shawshank Redemption and Top Gun. Um, I know those are kind of cliche, but I watch them all day, every day. But my favorite movie that I watch every time that it's on um, now, it's not like an Oscar winner or anything, but it's Bridesmaids. But the Wilton Phillips song and the hot lava in the sink with Melissa McCarthy. And it just, it just makes me laugh every single time. And I just, and it reminds me of like kind of my little tribe of girlfriends, how we're just always, you know, getting into stuff and everything. But that movie's, that movie's great. <laughs> I love it. And how about a favorite song? Mm, a favorite song? Or band or singer or. Well, favorite singer. Um, I, I actually, I love Reba McIntyre. Um, she's one of my, my favorite singers. I grew up listening to like the Judds. So kind of old country is my, my musical preference. Um, um, when I was started out in my, when I started practicing driving, my truck had an eight track. Um, that's all it had in it. And, um, my dad only had a few eight tracks in it. So I was the only like 15 year old that knew <laughs> every word to like, Papa was a Rolling Stone and Eddie Rabbit because that's all that would play in my truck. There was no real radio, but um, um, I love I love some some Reba and um, and uh, Dolly and just some of the older you know the old old country singers. Hank Williams Jr. went a million concerts. So all good, all good, yeah, yeah, all good. And how about if people want to follow you online on social media, where can they find you? Well, I am on um, Facebook um, as, you know, Sarah McClellan, and I am on Instagram as Sarah with an H because that's how I always have to spell it. Every time I say, what is your name, Sarah, like with an H, I'm like, is there any other way? But like sometimes people don't have them. I'm like, well, they should. So um, Sarah with an H on Instagram, McClellan, Sarah with an H McClellan, so. Cool. And one thing I want to mention, just jumping in here to that, is that uh, as as we said earlier, Sarah and a friend of hers, Holly, have done a number of online Jeopardy games for the Louisiana ENA. And so if you follow Louisiana ENA on social media, you'll see some of these are posted there and you can join. Anybody can join. Um, but it's just a fun way to be engaged and to um, promote certification, promote engagement with emergency nursing and do something fun that not everybody's doing. Every time we do one, we're in, we're dressed that we, I would say we suffer for our cause, but we don't because we love it. We love to dress up. Even at the, you know, you were there, Michael, at the, um, when you first probably met us and we're like, who are these two and what are they doing? When we were first doing them live at the um, state conferences, we were, you know, we would dress up in costume just to make it, you know, engaging. And so now with our online, we have a theme every time. And so we try to tailor the questions and the categories for the theme, but also dress up, which is a lot of fun on a Wednesday night. You know, there is an opening on Jeopardy if you would like to host it, but. Right. I am so not smart. I can't pronounce half of that. Now, Saturday Night Live Jeopardy, I'm your girl. <laughs> I love those with Norm McDonald and all of them. Those are funny to watch, but yeah. I don't think I could hang with the contestants there. Anything else, Michael, before we conclude today's podcast? No, I, I don't think so. I think it's been fun. One thing I wanted to mention uh, to all of our listeners that it, this is a different format. It's a different episode, but I have really enjoyed it. And I think it's nice to just be able to talk about some old stories, talk about something unique to, uh, you know, this one is more unique to Halloween in New Orleans and some of the things that happened down there. 
would love to get some listener stories around any holidays or any other events that are uh, unique to emergency nursing, the way that those are treated. I learned about holiday heart is like a real thing. Um, when people um, consume, that's the first time I'd ever heard heard it called holiday heart. Um, when they consume like too much alcohol and get dehydrated, sometimes it can put them into, you know, a tachyarrhythmia. Sometimes they go into AFib and it's an actual diagnosis called holiday heart that typically when people indulge around the holidays. So I don't know. I don't know why that popped into my head, but I remember it. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Well, and for our listeners, if you do have any stories, feel free to contact us at bcn. or bcn at bcn.org. Holiday stories, heartwarming stories, stories you think would make good on a podcast, and we can compile those all together and make a special episode again just for those. So that'd be great. Uh, but I want to thank you, uh, Sarah, for taking the time to join us for a spectacular episode of BCN and Friends. Thank you for sharing your time, your stories, and just being with us. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. I'm honored to be a part of this. Anything I can do to, you know, promote ER nurses, promote our profession, encourage people to get involved, I'm game for it. So thank you so much. Thank you. And to all our listeners, we hope you'll stay tuned as we continue on with BCN and Friends and bring in new and meaningful content and perspectives. If you have a suggestion for an episode, please email us, as I said, at bcen at bcn.org. I am Mark Eggers here with Michael Dexter. On behalf of the entire BCN team, we thank and celebrate you for all that you are doing as professional nurses across the emergency spectrum. Don't forget to sleep with the lights on tonight. Until next time. <laughs>